you're an entrepreneur looking to grow your business, build your brand, and get yourself financially fit, then you are in the right place. Get ready to flex your marketing muscles and learn how to make sure every dollar spent on marketing fattens your bottom line. Welcome to the Marketing Strategy Show with your personal marketing trainer, Jesse Stoddard. After an early start as an entrepreneur selling crafts at local markets, somewhat frowned upon in her suburban hometown, Deborah Hilton turned to writing short stories and articles for magazines, then got distracted by university and work before moving overseas and working in community development. That was where her interest in business growth really took hold, helping families, especially women, move from subsistence to growing degrees of prosperity. She quickly learned that without affordable, effective marketing, no business can survive, and turned away from traditional marketing routes to direct response. Luckily, she found Dan Kennedy's books and implemented the ideas with a group of women for whom success meant basic health care, education for themselves and their children, and an increasing degree of financial security. Maybe that sounds like worlds away from your life, but the same strategies that worked in remote rural Africa have also transformed lives and businesses in Australia and Malaysia. I know you're going to love this interview with Deborah Hilton, direct response marketing and business writer. Okay, I have Deborah Hilton from Hilton copywriting on the line with me today. Deborah, thank you very much for being here. Well, thank you, Jesse, for inviting me. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here. And I love talking about marketing and all things client and getting messages out. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I was hoping if you could help fill in the the gaps of the introduction I gave you and, and by sharing your, your journey, your story. And um, I know that uh, people like to hear uh, about the struggles too. So don't avoid that part of your story. Tell us some of the ups and downs and, and I'd love to know more about you. Sure. Well, I guess my marketing journey begins when we lived in, when I lived in central Chad with my husband and two small children, we've spent quite a bit of time overseas and uh, watching what happened when people simply got delivered aid. Are we working in agriculture? So it was, it was, Central Chad is the edge of the desert. From there, we moved to Mozambique and we, were, we arrived there right after the war. And so this doesn't sound like a marketing story, but it is. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so what happened was people were coming back from refugee camps. They were trying to fill, feed their families to begin with. But after a little while, they had the basic sustenance and yet they still couldn't sell their stuff. And I was working with women in the health aspect but and part of that was afford, affording um, the public free health care because it's not free <laughs> uh, so we worked together on a strategy one of the things they had a lot of they had a lot of pineapples they had a lot of coconuts and they had a lot of prawns and about five hours journey northward there was a, some very rich, wealthy cities where they had none of those things and they were willing to pay premium prices. So instead of paying a dollar for a pineapple or at the end of the day, three for a dollar, you could sell them for $10 each. So we worked together to get in contact with these people and to sell the pineapples. So some, one of the women would take all the pineapples up and the prawns and the coconuts and eventually they started coming back with things. But part of the strategy there was not just sitting in the marketplace, but finding buyers who were ready to buy and willing to pay premium prices. And there were lots of expats and uh, wealthy people in this town. And so we got in contact with that. And that was our first step into 
sales and adding value. Everybody was happy. And as the women found that their families' lives were transformed, they really experienced the fact that a rising tide lifts all boats. As they had more money to spend in their community, their community was better off. So from so I really got the feeling and the, the certainty that business is an essential part of improving people's well-being. And there's a lot of people who say, you know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The poor don't really mind if they get if the rich are getting richer, if they're getting richer too. And business makes the poor people get richer as well as the rich people. So that was kind of the my journey. Well, I'm an inveterate learner. So then I started looking at how can we do more? How can we create, create contacts with richer markets even and do other things? And so I started studying Dan Kennedy, John Carlton, all the big influencers and really developing a marketing strategy. Well, that was great. Uh, and it wasn't too long before some of the people who worked as expats were then kind of asking me if I could help them do marketing strategy for them. So it kind of grew. And, uh, you know, in the end, today my clients are mostly in the expert industry and they are speakers, authors and coaches of all different varieties who, desire, who really want to get their message out and change the world and who recognize that they need a platform for that. So it's kind of, it's a long step, but my real passion is for building business because I can just see, I know how transformative that is for people's lives. And how did you get started then as a copywriter? Because that, you know, there's many different areas of marketing you could have focused on. Why did you focus on copy and how did you get into that specifically? So I'm a literature major <laughs> and a history ah. major and uh, have some, some published fiction from some time back. So writing was always the area that was going to interest me. Um, I'm definitely not a design person. Uh, so from there, copywriting was the obvious, obvious place to focus on. Plus it was the early days of the internet and you could do quite a lot with copy graphics, not really such a, an important thing. And I love writing. In fact, my early sales, sales letters, I made the mistake that so many lit majors make and thinking I can write, therefore I can write copy. Uh, no, because I started doing project funding for not-for-profits and uh, didn't get anything like the response I wanted. So that's when I went, got into copywriting and realized that it's a whole new genre, but it's really kind of fun because it delves into people's psychology and research and then writing. So it's all the things I love. So the first few attempts weren't all easy. They, they, you had to had some bumps in the road there to learn how to, how to do it right. Had some serious bumps in the road. I mean, the first, the first couple of sales letters that we sent out and we had a very kind of exciting project that we were trying to raise funds for. And it's like zero radio silence. Is there anybody out there? No. Uh, so, and that's when I really kind of sat there and said, well, is it what's going on here? And I already had Dan Kennedy's ultimate sales, the ultimate marketing machine. So I knew that I kind of, I was going for the right 
market. My message was, you know, my media was okay, but my, there was something wrong with my message. Um, as I started kind of doing things, I got to some pretty decent results. Uh, you know, we, we were going from $25 donations to $10,000 donations from a very similar audience. Excellent. What do you think made the difference? What was the, what, what, what made the difference between the earlier copy and the later copy? How did you make it work? Some of it was, for, was used simple putting in a headline, making it readable. Um, I love uh, your fascination bullets, which Gene Schwartz is famous for. Um, making people really, really excited about the possibilities and their involvement so, and, and then I worked a bit more on understanding how people were thinking and really getting to know not so much the pain points of the people we were trying to help because I was very familiar with those, but what resonated in the minds of the people that we were trying to ask help from. And who are your marketing mentors? Let's get into the, the history of this a little bit here. You mentioned Dan Kennedy. That's one of them. He's one of them. Uh, John Carlson is another big one. I adore John Carlson. Uh, did you do his course by any chance? The simple I did both writing. of his courses. The, um, the, the simple writing system or something like that. Isn't that the one of his that he's famous for? There's a simple writing system. I did that. And then he did um, rebel kick-ass rebel copywriting secrets, <laughs> I think. Great, great titles, yeah. <laughs> it's a great title. And it's a fantastic course. That is just amazing. Um, he taught me a lot about deadlines, um, professionalism, and, and just the importance of research because I think a, a lot of people are really lazy about them copywriting, um, whether they're doing it themselves or sometimes even when they're hiring a copywriter, they don't do the research. They sit there and say, oh, well, I know all about my clients. I know all about what I want. And they don't really just take that extra step which makes all the difference. Mm, good tip. Um, what is marketing to you? And it, you know, what is a working definition? If somebody said, what is Deborah, what is marketing? What do you say? Uh, I say marketing is positioning yourself and attracting the kind of clients, the kind of people that you then want to sell to. Perfect. So, so it's all about your positioning. Mm. And what do you think the difference between marketing and sales is? Once you've got those people in front of you, you need to let them know what you can do for them. And I think one of the difficulties, one of the, pro different, one of the problems that businesses face is that they try to separate sales and marketing. If the sales team is not really, really conscious of the positioning of, of everything the marketing department is doing, then their sales process and their sales message is going to be incongruent. And it works the other way. If the marketing team doesn't understand that the, the real value of it, of the product, then they don't lead into the sales appropriately. So I think that they need to be really tightly tied together. You know, something I find fascinating and I'd love your input on this is I've always thought copywriters in particular are in a unique position because they are actually putting salesmanship in writing. And so in a sense, if you say, well, what is marketing versus sales or what's the difference for a copywriter? It's, it might even be the same thing. If you get someone to buy right there online, what did you do? You produced a sale, right? So is that marketing or is that sales? I always find that fascinating. 
Yeah, well, I think they're really closely tied together. John Carlton always says that if you want to get, get a great copywriter, get your best salesperson, don't get the lit major, get your best salesperson and, and teach them to write the copy. Or if they don't want to write it, record them, record their sales message and record as many sales deliveries as you can and you will get and give that to the copywriter. Now, as a copywriter, that's pure gold. I love it when, people, when companies can do that. Oh, fantastic. Get me in front of their salespeople and let me write the copy from that. That's a good tip right there. Um, yeah. what, are your, what are your feelings about marketing plans? And do you, do you see clients that have marketing plans? Do you think they're necessary? What's your comment on that? I think you have to have a marketing plan because it, it, if you don't, you don't do anything. I mean, it's a pretty typical thing of human nature that if, if you don't have it in your calendar, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> So I think marketing plans are important, but I also think sometimes you need to be a little flexible because if something isn't working and you've given it time and you have actually tested the results and given it a chance to work, then you need to be ready to change. So yes, a marketing plan, but is it set in concrete? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I've worked with businesses where the marketing plans tar and the targets were X we achieved X in three months of a six month plan. Um, which is a good problem to have. <laughs> which is a great problem to have. Uh, but I, I think I'd probably say I like strategy rather than plan. Well, uh, since you brought it up, what, what do you think it takes to create a really great marketing strategy? Well, it's you three, you, your marketing tri triangle, your market message media and getting those to match. Um, Look, I think market is really important and people think about sometimes the demographic fix and the economics, but they don't think so much about this, what's going on in people's heads and what kind of people they want to work with. Now, because most of my clients are service businesses, that psychographic thing is really, really important because you can get in front of somebody that you actually discover on paper they're an ideal candidate off paper they're not in can person you, yeah can you give an example of that because uh, that's really interesting I work with a lot of service-based businesses too I would love to if you could think of one that'd be great so I was working with a financial service advisor uh, and they had they were getting clients who had all the net wealth they wanted you know they were they were their perfect demographic and yet when they got them in the office they either were not interested in being that engaged or they wanted to micromanage. And so as we changed their positioning, they were getting more people who were right in that informed middle, but who wanted to outsource it. Excellent. So those are two, they, the demographics made them look like they were the same audience, but they were not. They were not at all. And look, I get that all the time. I do a lot of ghostwriting and you get, authors who just really are not the right person to work with them with them or actually they shouldn't be writing a book at all um <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah you know because they're they're afraid of saying who they are and what they do and they're afraid somebody will steal their ideas well 
you've got a real problem if you want to be a thought leader and you're afraid somebody that telling putting your ideas in a book is going to be the end of their uniqueness. <laughs> what are your uh, your best or your favorite examples of great marketing strategies that you've used or that maybe you've helped clients use? So my favorite one is. I get a lot of clients who come to me with a list that is sort of working or not working. And here in Australia, buying lists, we just really don't have any great list brokers. So my, my first thing is, well, what is your list looking like? How's it doing? But let's look at building it no matter what. So I like the, I like the three step, create an ad or an offer, deliver value and then sell them into something. Now, um, I follow Brendan Bouchard a lot and he basically says you shouldn't deliver, you, you don't start selling till step three. I disagree with that. If you've got somebody who's interested, then you can give them the opportunity to, to sell, but you need to be delivering value. And it's not just delivering value, it's also letting people know how you work and who you get. Because at the end of the day, there is a big difference not necessarily one is better than the other, but they're different. So one, one business, one financial services, one copywriter, one marketing consultant is not necessarily better than another in terms of results, but they're different and they might be better for you. So I believe that businesses that put it out there upfront who they are, are actually much more effective at attracting the right kind of clients. Interesting. I like that. And I wonder if Brendan's opinion is based on the specifics of his business and personal development and the clients he's getting, I wonder. Look, I suspect it is. Uh, I also, he, a guy like him has a fair amount of leeway and he does a lot of experimenting. So I think some of, I think it's both end. Huh. Uh, you know, you also get the people who sit there and sell every time they, you turn around <laughs> right, right. And, and there's nothing wrong with selling. I just think that you can deliver value and sell at the same time. Huh. Excellent. If you've got a client who's ready to buy, they don't want to wait a week for the next video because they're actually ready to hit the buy button. Huh. Good point. Yeah. So, you know, catch what, them when they're ready. What key technology tools would you recommend and what do you use? Anything from software to apps on a phone to, uh, other kinds of technology or analog old old school <laughs> I do a lot of I do a lot of old school I actually my favorite thing is a Rodia notebook and a fountain pen um, <laughs> very good uh, however digital um, I love Infusionsoft mm. well I don't always love Infusionsoft <laughs> but Infusionsoft I think is a great all-in-one software uh, which is what I mostly use for my customer relations management, my sales pipeline and my automated marketing. I don't think it's the ultimate solution, but I think it is fantastic because it works both online and offline. Uh, I have clients who use Aweber or MailChimp, Drip, HubSpot, and they're all, they're all pretty decent tools. I don't think there's any perfect tool. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I like about both Infusionsoft and HubSpot is that they work offline as well as online. So I don't believe you should have an online only business if you can possibly avoid it. 
So therefore you need something that's going to help you manage the entire pipeline, not just a bit of it. Excellent. Now, in what... addition, I love word swag, which is my, just my favorite thing for creating social media. Now tell me what that is. I haven't actually heard of that one. It's a little quote card creator. So you, it provides you with a whole bunch of backgrounds or you can create your own and then you can put quotes on it, which is great for extracts from blogs, um, books. It's, it's a great way of backing up your advertising. Huh. How about with for writing uh, other than your, your fountain pen? Do you, uh, uh, do you use any apps or any, any uh, software you know, for, I don't know, grammar checking or any of these kinds of things? I mostly I write just about everything in Scrivener, which does your basic, picks up your typos. Um, and then I will run, especially books, I'll run through Word, it's grammar check, although I detest Word. Um, it has its, it has its useful uses and it is definitely the universal document app. But mostly between Scrivener and Word, I do pretty much everything. They work. Um, Scrivener is great on my iPad if I'm, out and about. I'm a Mac person. So, you know, I have my, my MacBook air is the, is my lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> Are you using and that I, right now, by the way? Is that what you, I am indeed. Oh, that's, that's a great tool. Yeah. An example. Yeah. And uh, Dropbox is fantastic too. Mm. It's great for my own work, accessible in the cloud and also sharing with clients. Mm, excellent. Um, what marketing books would you recommend or copywriting books specifically maybe or anything else related to business and sales that you love? Uh, okay, let me just uh, scan my library. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you'd have something over there. Uh, I love the Advertising Solution by Brian Kurtz and Craig Simpson. Uh, that's a really good summary of all the greats. Look, I love Eugene Schwartz and all of those guys, but most of their stuff is, is really better for copywriters and direct mail experts rather than the general public. Uh, let me see. I also like Dan Kennedy's ultimate marketing plan. I think that's, that's kind of a core. It's a really nice summary of everything you can, you could possibly need. Um, Tested advertising methods by John Caples is one that I go back to, especially I, I like to go through that at least once a year because it just reminds me, opinions are really irrelevant. What matters is the results. Mm. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we get caught, sometimes anyone gets caught up in their own ego. I know I do. And I'll sit there and say, this must be the best thing out. You know, this is going to be the best way you could possibly present this offer and I'll test it. And then I'll sit there and say, okay, well, that's good. Let's see if we can do better. And I did some writing for Agora. Um, and Reader's Digest a couple of years ago. And that was a real eye-opening experience for the, the sheer measurability of response. Um, so that's, you know, I like Capels because he really does keep you honest. Excellent. Hey, uh, and as we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about you for a second. What's yep. your maybe your unique selling proposition and more importantly, what's a good referral for you for Hilton so copywriting? Yeah. A good referral for me is uh, somebody who actually wants to write a book that sells um, and that, that expresses who they are in such a way that it really provides value in itself as well as 
attracting clients. So one of the books I wrote, I worked on last year is on the New York Times or spent four weeks on the New York Times bestselling list. Oh, excellent. He's been really, really excited because it's brought him lots of people who have said, wow, I did what you, what you suggested and it really worked. But over and above that, he's brought him coaching and consulting clients. So that kind of person is my ideal ideal person. They want to stand out in the marketplace and they want to write something that's unique, that's not scripted, that's not just a transcript of their course or anything. It's the kind of author that I work with and frequently develop the marketing plans. My other kind of uh, ideal client is somebody who has a book that is not selling as well as they wanted it to and who wants to kind of revive the marketing. Excellent. Well, I might need to be working with you more often. Uh, one of the things that, that I try to help clients with is, is developing a book funnel and all the automation that goes behind not just having a book, but then turning that into, uh, you know, upsell opportunities and all that. But the actual writing of the book is always a challenge. And, yeah. <laughs> and I like to think that I can do an okay job, but I would be uh, nowhere close to what you would do. And so maybe I need to give you a call and have you help some of my clients or, and see how that goes, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and how can people find out more about you or what's a good website or where should people go if they have questions? Uh, my best website is uh, at hiltoncopy.com, H-I-L-T-O-N-C-O-P-Y.com. And they can contact me from there. I'm also on Facebook but, and LinkedIn, but Hilton Copy is the best place to find me. Excellent. Do you have anything going on that you would like to mention? Uh, special offers or uh, are you looking for any particular kind of client right now? Is there anything in your world that you want to share? Uh, look, at the moment, what I'm focusing on is developing a done with you book version because there a, lot of, a lot of clients say, well, I could write it, but I'd like some handholding. So I'm working on a, a way of coaching them through it. Oh. Um, so that they can actually structure rather than a templated books. My books are kind of unique. So the first bit is bringing out who you really, what book are you really trying to write? Uh, so helping people work through that process kind of in a semi detached way. Yeah, interesting. Well, I'm, I'm highly interested in that. You need to keep me in the loop on that. Add I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah. <laughs> is there anybody else you can think of that I should interview for this marketing strategy show? Hmm. Can you get Dan Kennedy? Well, I will certainly try. I'm a, I'm a, one of his uh, CMMAs, his uh, Certified Magnetic Marketing Advisors, and I know he's doing a dinner uh, for us at the super conference, and I'm going to be at that one, so I'll try. I'll see you there. <laughs> yes, excellent. That's going to be fantastic. I'll have to come up and, and shake your hand. That's great. Give you yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me, Deborah. I greatly appreciate it. I know there's a big time zone difference and, and all that. So thank you so much for starting your day with me as I'm ending mine. Um, do you have any last words uh, for the listeners? Anything else you want to mention? Just remember that without marketing, you don't have a business. Very wise. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> thank you, Jesse. Great talking to you. Thanks for joining us for the Marketing Strategy Show with your personal marketing trainer, Jesse Stoddard. He can't do the push-ups for you, but he can help you stay accountable to your marketing goals. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review, and let others know that you love the show so that they can love it too.